What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of City Champions, proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel, Universe of Superheroes. This exhibition runs until February 17th and has some of the coolest artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements from the Marvel Universe. I'm a huge superhero nerd, and I think that Marvel has uh, done some incredible things over the last decade. Um, but even if you're a passive comic book or Marvel movie fan, you got to go check this out. Uh, Tell Us World of Science always puts on a great show. Marvel has been at the top of their game for over a decade, so you know it's going to be great. Buy your tickets at tellusworldofscience.ca. Okay, everyone, this episode of the podcast is very special because it's a conversation with a brilliant guy and super successful homegrown businessman, not to mention just an all-around likable dude, Daniel Matishak. And not only do we have an awesome guest on this episode, but I was joined by a special co-host, former City of Champions guest and a great friend, Derek Stone. Derek and I recorded this with Dan back in February, and it's been tough to sit on it this long because it was such a fun conversation. Uh, Dan is the founder of Mindable, which is a marketing optimization company that specializes in activating niche communities in the personal development space. And they also successfully do a bunch of other creative and tech stuff that I'm not even going to pretend to understand that well. Uh, Dan's had some incredible experiences like hanging on Necker Island with Richard Branson. Oh, sorry, Sir Richard Branson. Uh, and he's been to Formula One in Monaco. Basically, he's a smart and energetic guy doing a ton of cool shit. So with that, I'll leave you to sit back and enjoy mine and Derek's combo with Dan Matishak. Dan, uh, thanks so much for joining us on, well, we still haven't announced the name of the podcast yet, <laughs> but uh, Derek and Shane here with Dan Matishak. So I say that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, your patient zero on the podcast. All right. Feels good. Thanks so much. You know, of course, the incentive for me was being able to interview people outside of Edmonton. Of course, who's number one guest? Someone from Edmonton. So I'm <laughs> sure of Park. So that didn't really make any sense. Sure, Park. But, it's slightly different. But it's good to get the band together. Derek, how you doing? You're quiet over there. I'm just waiting for you to finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Happy to be here. This is familiar territory for me, so I uh, I love this office. It's always good vibes, and it's a nice space to uh, record, and we might have to chisel some sort of like side rent deal with Dan <laughs> to just record them all here. Just somehow copy the key and come in on the weekends? Yeah, no yeah, yeah exactly. You brought yeah, the key, key copy thing? Yeah. <laughs> so for our listeners, we're sitting in the Mindable offices in Sherwood Park. What the hell is this place, man? Like, this is like the cornucopia of cool. Like, this is Silicon Valley in Sherwood Park. Appreciate what, that. What's going on? Um, yeah, so what Mindable does is it runs two properties. It runs astrologyanswers.com, which gets about 22 million page views a month right now. So just shy of about a million page views a day right now. Um, one of the largest astrology websites in the world. Mm -hmm. So a big chunk of that is horoscopes. People love their horoscopes, right? What is astrology outside of horoscopes? Um... Readings, okay. reports, um, like tarot articles, cards, tarot. Is that astrology. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it's all like the esoteric. So we, we do everything from like tarot cards to astrology to numerology, mm -hmm. chakra, reiki, love compatibility, zodiac signs, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So tons, pretty much anything in like the esoteric kind of realm there. Um, so that's site number one. It's about seven years old, and then site number two, which is fairly newly launched, is dailylife.com. Okay. 
and that focuses around mind, body, and soul. So mm-hmm. we kind of took like it's, it, we, we want to go a bit more mainstream and a bit less esoteric. Right. So we so we um, took us a while to kind of lock down that domain name, but it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's about a year and a bit in the making. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just mostly content. We have one product in Chalkers right now, but it's getting some some steam. Like Jessica Love Hewitt um, last week posted on her Instagram about daily life. What? Yeah, she's, she's like, my, she's my love you. She's, she's my teenage crush. Oh, dude, I know. What and was she in? I don't even remember uh, everything. Everything. Yeah, every every young boy would be like, what the fuck? Something with Freddie Prince Jr. JLH. Right? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. There's yeah. some good old school. I, I don't even know. How is it that not a single one of us can remember? I remember her image is burned into my brain though. Like she was. Yeah, but no, literally on, on her actual feed too, she posted it. She's like, thanks Daily Life for today's update. Mm-hmm. She like put a screenshot of her website. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So that's what scary. would be an example of something that you get from that? Like is it, is it a daily email? Is it the yeah. website? So um, yeah, so there's daily snippets of content. So like a like a daily horoscope right? yeah. the reason why it works really good for astrology is every single day people are coming back because it's mm-hmm. daily content mm-hmm. so what we did is we did a daily mind snippet body snippet and soul snippet okay. that changes every day and then we just post articles right now mm-hmm. so it's just right now it's more or less just a content site mm-hmm. and then on the back end we're building an email list running cold traffic Facebook traffic Google traffic mm-hmm. um, and then we have products that we're going to sell right. so we'll start with Chakra um, probably move into Reiki next mm-hmm. and then it's kind of going down the line of stuff like that and meditation and all mm-hmm. that goodness now your your expertise falls more on that like operation side of like like setting up the websites and setting up the business and the ad traffic and stuff yep. how, how, what, what is it that brought you to that like how did you end up getting into that um so astrology was actually, we, we just got really, um, at that point I was coming off a business that, you know, was kind of sizzling out a little, I guess. Um, I was really young at the time. I was probably like 25. So mm-hmm. the mind of a 25 year old, you think like, I'm always going to make money and everything's always going to be awesome. <laughs> and like every business I ever do is going to work. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, I wish I actually like package and try to sell that business or do something with it instead of just letting it fizzle up. So it was a half decent business. Um, and then we're just we're we're looking online to be like, what would be a big market to enter? Um, what gets tons of search volume? Mm-hmm. What has um, huge trends? Um, and we just found that like astrology and zodiac sign and every individual zodiac sign and sun signs and moon signs and all the search volume from mm-hmm. for that space was ridiculous. Well, who are the type of people that are going to these searches? Like it's it's everyone, right? Everyone and their dog. So there's, I'm sure there's a demographic that goes to it regularly, mm-hmm. but then there's the people who are totally ignorant of it, like me, mm-hmm. who like when you come across one, you can't help but be a little bit intrigued, right? Yeah. yeah. What is it about that? Like, so how, the same way? What do you like, Derek? I I mean I've I've learned about it from him a lot, yeah. and the types of people that it benefits. I mean, you know, we've all dated a girl who was really into that's that. Like, exactly what's your right sign? Are you? I'm like, oh, I'm a Pisces. Like, oh, we're not compatible. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then it's like the best relationship ever. So, you know, you hear about it, but I've never done like a full, full deep dive. But the people that I know that have done it from, you know, a 65-year-old great aunt mm-hmm. to, you know, somebody in their 20s or whatever. And I think when, you know, when shit hits a fan, people are lean more towards that stuff for answers and mm-hmm. people you like – people rely more on their faith when things are bad so in downturns and stuff like that you see a lot of people searching for this and uh, I think it's pretty cool that you know the demo is so wide but at the end of the day you're, you know you're not going on there just to kind of figure it out you're going on there to work a program in a way and like get the answers that you need based on the volume that you that you need it and 
I think it's, I don't know. I've never done a deep dive into it, but it interests me quite well, a bit. But what makes it so side. addicting? Like, what, what sinks the hooks in? Entertainment. Entertainment? Why do people love um, reality TV show? Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's people getting a rhythm of every single day they want to check their horoscope. I, there's a select few people who actually will, like, change their day based on their horoscope. Right. Um, there's a percent of people who, who do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a percent of people who, who take it more seriously than, than people take religion. Because mm-hmm. it is their religion. Mm-hmm. But I think for a majority of, like, if I had to guess, 80% of people, 90% of people, it's just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Right? It's fun to watch. It's fun to talk. Uh, especially girls. Like, I get more often than not, girls are like, same thing. What's your, what's your, for some reason, Scorpio has a horrible reputation. Yeah, so you are your Scorpio. Yeah, no, one, like, no one likes the Scorpios. Yeah, yeah, as soon as I say that, girls are like, ah, Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, I, I can <laughs> tell. I can tell. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those but, are also the ones that are like, we're not hooking up tonight. And they're also like trying to set the context. I'm not kissing you tonight. You're like, okay, <laughs> you're a Scorpio. <laughs> you're like, you know, in an escalate somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, so. This is actually interesting because it's one of those things that everyone's aware of, mm-hmm. but no one really knows much about, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you know much of the history of astrology? And no, not a whole lot. Like, what what we do as a company, so what Mindable does is Mindable has these individual brands, mm-hmm. and right now there's two. But um, we've done other things. We created an app in the past, failed. We created a T-shirt brand, didn't really succeed. Why the app fail? Why the T-shirt brand fail? Uh, um, a lot of reasons, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, is with entrepreneurship, you have to take big-ass risks, mm-hmm. right? And if you want to have a big company, you got to take big risks. Mm-hmm. You want to have a small company, take small risks. That's cool. Right. So you're bound to make things fail. Mm-hmm. Um, the app was just really hard. I've never built an app. I worked with a, with my CEO was in London. That caused a little bit of issues. Great, great lady. Um, super smart. But it's just, I personally would like people under the roof because mm-hmm. you can go talk to them every single day. Where's this at? Where's the update? Mm-hmm. Brainstorm the synergy. Like, there's just so many reasons why face to face makes sense. And then one thing I overlooked was how difficult it is to make an app catch on and get volume. Right. Right. Like, it's not an easy thing. Um, in our business, the way we get a lot of traffic is either SEO, so search engine optimization, or we just pay, buy traffic off Facebook and Google. Yeah. So you're kind of in control a little bit of the traffic you get, but with app, <laughs> it, there's such a viral aspect of it. Right. Which I know nothing about. Yeah, I mean, it's I, like there's so many apps. Like, how many apps would be on the app store right now? Millions, right? Tons, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember I was telling you, Derek, the other day, a couple weeks ago, I was like, it'd be cool if there was like a CRM for like your personal connections, one that I could go to that had, um, you know, I it reminded me when I haven't followed up with a friend in three months or showed me the last time I talked to them or had notes about our last conversation or. Or even ones of like, I can make a note that like Derek knows Dan and then you've got this network. If I want to get to someone, it would show me like who all knows that person. So I'm like, okay, this seems like a cool idea. I'm like, maybe I'll start now. Yeah. Right. And then I looked it up. There's like eight apps online that do do that already. Right. And then I was trying to think, okay, like I'll, I'll get one for myself. So I spent an hour reading through all of them and like they all did something fairly comparable. So I mean like the, the competition is just outrageous. Right. What I always, what I, I always think is that. Pretty much every good idea is being done. It has been done to an extent, but it's just whether or not you can find it, mm-hmm. right? Like if you think of a good idea, most likely there's someone A working on it or B it's out there, but you just might not be able to find it because the hardest part of, of having a company is finding a company where people actually find it, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, there's eight of them, right? What's the difference between eight of them? The only the, the reason why one will win is if they market better, they brand better, and they figure out how to buy traffic. Right. If they do that, then they could be successful yeah. or they go viral. But then the other seven die. 
But yeah. there's no way that all seven of them are going to be equally successful. Or all eight of them are going to be equally successful. It doesn't work like that. Well, with such clutter in like the app store, it could be as something as simple as having the, the most attractive little icon. That yeah, little square yeah. icon. Like, hey, that one, the color and the palette and everything looks nice. I'm going to check out that one first. Yeah. And then if your description everything's good, then, then you're set, right? Or if you ever, like, if you pop up on... The biggest thing is if you pop up on um, Apple's, like new app of the day or cop rated or whatever yeah, if you, if you yeah, do right. that it's like game over yeah and I haven't heard, I haven't heard of people trying to like pay people to get on that stuff so like it's just but you can't but like you know people try everything just to mm. get there because you get there then you've made it I think uh, the algorithm right I think like you know you're, it's never been easier to get an idea to market and see if it catches on and there's always always like that almost like a a cheat code say like if you just something gets vi- picked up and then all of a sudden it's on Ellen or Joe Rogan talks about it on the podcast, sales go up. Like there's those little variables that I just, like guys like me who don't have companies but build you know, my own business in different ways and with athletics and whatever else, being able to just like be mentioned by that, you get like somewhat of a little cheat code, but no matter what, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. And like if it's meant to be found nowadays, the market's so flooded, you have to do something extra. Absolutely. And I think what I was telling what I was telling Shane is like when we were, you know, at your old house, right? You had four desks <laughs> split up there and like I would come over, shoot the shit, and the boys would have the, I'm the glue guy, right? So they're working, I just come over and <laughs> and they're on their screens, multiple screens, whatever. And then now to like what this is mm-hmm. and then as he's added staff and you know, obviously traveling and all the things that he's done and grown since this time, obviously you look at it and you're like, oh, success. And you and I have talked about this where people like assume that it's just kind of overnight and then you're all of a sudden successful. They don't see you in your basement, you know, you know how hard it is to be disciplined at your house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like food, like your dog. You, you Especially know. at age like 25. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, even younger, right? Yeah. And then to, do, to be quietly successful, like not boisterous about mm-hmm. it. But then have this and, you know, where you're at now with, you know, into the 60s with staff. I want to chat about, like, the failure aspect when you still have, you know, your big main income or whatever it is. We always talk baseline income, side hustles, whatever. If you have, you know, mindable operating and, and, you know, continuously climbing, you guys have been awarded, stuff like that. Um, Obviously, you've traveled the world with it. That app failure, how quickly was the reset? Like, what did you do to reset? And like, what did that low feel like when there's a high, like right there beside it? I don't care, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, You're just like, fuck it. Doesn't it doesn't phase me. Like, I, I have a moment of reflection, mm-hmm. usually where I take some time and I just think like, where, where did we go wrong? What are the steps and where are we gonna learn from those steps? Right. Right, like it was a fairly expensive, like it was like the app cost 300 grand, mm-hmm. right? So it was a fairly expensive loss in so here. So Brian and Bentley, just. Yeah, piece. Yeah. Um, but the reality of it is that, that 300 grand I lost this year, those, Learnings hopefully will make me a couple million dollars down the road. So that's what yeah. I like to look at it. Yeah. So I don't feel like such a piece of shit for losing it. <laughs> but now I don't. It's part of the game, right? People, people who don't have a high risk tolerance should not be entrepreneurs. And I have a really high risk tolerance, so um, yeah, it doesn't phase me a whole lot. You feel stupid and you, you know, shit. But man, as long as you win, as long as you win more than you lose, you're you're good. Yeah, odds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You play the odds. What, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, what was it about your personality, like, growing up? You, you know, Derek mentioned how hard it is to to be disciplined from home at a young age. Like, like what were you... 
what are you aiming at? Like, what was the, the kind of vision in mind for you as a young entrepreneur? Yeah. Before um, that, and that word's only really been real hot in the last like five years, right? Yeah. I think influence for you though, too, early on too, right? Like you had some good exposure to good leadership. Totally. And time. yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on that, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I think I just have um, had a lot of really good mentors. Mm-hmm. I think anyone should have good mentors when you get into into our entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, like I think depend. It's, it's how bad you, it's your why. How bad do you want something, mm-hmm. right? And if you kind of want something, and like I, one thing I did, I just liked is like I, people always ask, message me and ask me, hey, can we come kind of through your office? Can we talk? Like I'm starting this, I'm starting that. And I hate it when I ask them, like, why do you want it? They're like, oh, man, I just want, like, I just want a sick car, you mean, and maybe, like, some babes. Like, that'd be super sweet. And I'm yeah. like, get out of my office. Like, you clearly don't want it enough to push through the shitty things that are going to get thrown at you. Mm-hmm. First, like, for me, it was easy to consider, like, you know, a weekend of getting drunk at the lake or building a future for myself. It was, it was always an easy decision for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I think I think my why and what I wanted was just so much higher than all the shit that would come up at me at a regular day or a regular week mm-hmm. that I was able to like push through and just keep focused on what I wanted. Did you have a hyper awareness of time? Like like I think back to like my early twenties and like the analogy or the, the trade off you just made, like a weekend getting drunk with friends or like working towards something you want. To me, like my twenty one year old self would have been like, Yeah, but there's always gonna be next weekend to work. It's like you just kind of you, you you're staring at the abyss of endless time. You feel no crunch to really hunker down and, and get your shit done. Like, did, were you more aware of your finite time, yeah. or was you just wanted to get there like before everyone? Like, what was driving you? I, yeah, I, th- I think I had like a little like a taste of success. You just had boring ass friends. You didn't want yeah. to be drunk. Those fucking guys. No, I think I had like a little taste of success early on, mm-hmm. and it, I just kn- I just loved that feeling. Mm-hmm. And especially like, you know, I'd, I'd go to a conference and I'd be 23 and I'd be sitting in a room with people who were like 40 mm-hmm. and we'd be like talking business together. And like once you feel that, like you're like, you want that, like that, that drives you. Um, first, I like, I knew the feeling of going and getting drunk. That's, I know how that feels and it's sweet, fun and you laugh and sure. it's the same shit over and over again. Versus, um, I just always want to do absolutely everything life throws at me mm-hmm. and the repetitiveness of, of wasting your time just doesn't appeal, mm-hmm. right? So what was that first success that you got a taste of? Um, yeah, so for that, what I had was a um, wholesale company that sold software. Mm-hmm. So like Microsoft, Adobe, Symantec software. Um, more or less what I do, what I do is I buy in bulk and I drop ship for the US and then I just sell them as individual pieces on, on, on website. Oh, okay. So yeah, because of that, it, this is like, this was, t- this is almost 11 years ago now. Right. So the internet's changed a lot in 11 years. Yeah. And like if you looked at the competitors back then selling software online, it was um, pretty shitty websites, yeah. right? And I was one of the mediocre ones because I, I had a background in website design. So I made, knew how to make it prettier. I knew how to make it more user-friendly. Because we're all selling the same thing. You just packaged it better basically, right? Um, yeah. Presented exactly. it better. Presented it better. Yeah. Right? Had, had more trust, had better refund policy, mm-hmm. had better customer service, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I did that for shoot, I don't even know, man, five years maybe, mm-hmm. three or four years, and it was just a small like operation, like we we maybe if if you even broke a million a year kind of thing, um, which don't which wasn't bad for you know twenty some year old. No out of your base, man. <laughs> He's the most humblest guy you'll ever meet, right? Like um, he, you know, he that taste like it's the same thing when I talk about you're around athletes. 
you just feel different when you're around that. And my goal is to be the guy that people feel different around. And when you're around those professional athletes, you get a taste or the conferences. Like, you know, say I go and do a business leadership workshop or something. You feel like you're in the mix, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Dan came to one and, uh, and you've been to, you know, hundreds now. And I'm like, how was he? He's like, oh, we we're definitely the youngest people there by about 20 years. And he's been doing that, like spending, investing in himself and going and getting exposure to the lessons, whether it's, you know, a talk or whatever. And then, you know, going to say Necker Island, like you've got to experience a lot of cool things from the value that you've learned and, you know, to leverage along the way. But, uh, you know, doing well at a young age, mm -hmm. you would never, like Dan's always been that guy, you would just never really know. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like in your face. Right. But you could tell he's just got a certain, I don't know, you got like a swag or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's why, uh, maybe that's why your DMs just blow up all the time. <laughs> so like, that's They're okay. all from me. Yeah. <laughs> Making fake accounts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Girl keeps hitting me up. Who is this? Um, Dara Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's a good example. Like, I went to, uh, me and my business partner at the time went to Necker Island, mm -hmm. right? So, Richard Branson's private island. Um, and we said, like, when we started the business, like, we had kind of like our bucket list of things that, if ever presented, we would go do. Yeah. One of them was Necker Island, super high up. How does that work? You have to get invited. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it his own island? Yeah. He owns the whole thing. Yeah. I think he spent $100 million just renovating the island, bringing in palm trees. He has tons of lemurs on the island, yeah. tortoises, like, Absolutely one of the most beautiful places I've mm -hmm. ever been. I was the second on the list. Like if the girl that he went with was yeah. the one. <laughs> bring Derek. I'm home. always like first. I'm like, write a first refusal. You better bring Yeah, <laughs> first call up. I'll yeah. do whatever. I don't care. But like once you experience something like that, then mm -hmm. it's like you want more of that, right? Right. And then so it's easy to, to say no to a, a weekend of getting drunk or it's easy to say no to, mm -hmm. you know, um, having a shitty day and not feeling motivating but still – figuring out how to get motivated mm -hmm. or, you know, not leaving the office early when you can because you own a company, right? Like there's just so many things that you just like, those experiences fuel and drive you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, well, it's interesting. It seems like you learn to, you learn to forego that more short term gratification for, for the bigger projects, the bigger, the bigger yeah. payoffs, right? Yeah. And also uh, probably the most important thing is I just love the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah. It is such a, it's the best game of chess you'll ever freaking play. Yeah. Right. Like I, it's so fun. Every day is a problem. Every day you're trying to solve something. I'm solving with every single person in the office I've handpicked mm -hmm. because I like them. And mm -hmm. I whether I work with them or I've met them out, I want to hang out with them. They're just good people that I enjoy. Yeah. So because of that, like it's I enjoy this more than I enjoy outside of work, to be honest with you, in a right. lot of ways, right? Yeah. So. Which is why you see, you know, if I'm driving by, going to the gym on the weekend, like as usually here, like him and I are, you know, I mean, we're really close for and have been for a long time. I'll text him like, hey man, can we chill? He's like, yeah, I got 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, not that, oh, you can hear like, ah, I own a company, I'm just gonna fuck off for the afternoon and go right. to local. Well, yeah, you've gotta, you've gotta be judicious with your time, right? You know more than most people the value of time and, mm -hmm. and what you can do with it, but also how easily you can let it slip through your fingers, right? Okay. What percentage of the people work here because they approached you versus you poaching or not poaching but approaching people that you like and being like hey I want you to come work for me um actually very few people we poached uh, we, we, we do work with some recruiters yeah I didn't mean poach I just meant like you like met someone you're like hey I like your job come work for nah, me nah not often no okay no. I've kind of more or less completely stopped hiring friends yeah um, I've been through that down that path a few times okay fair enough me, me and my my CFO and who's also a partner here 
we actually are really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, known each other since grade seven, and we work really, really well. Yeah. So like that, we're blessed there because we can go on a business trip and still just be best friends, but yeah. still run a company. So that's super cool. But um, now it's, it's it's cool. We're at a point now where like Mindful's starting to get like a bit more known, and we're kind of like looked at as like the cool kids a little bit. Mm-hmm. So especially when people walk into this office for an interview, they walk in they're like. What is this place? Like this is this There's hoverboards. Yeah, this is yeah. this is in Edmonton. Right? Yeah. Like I expect this in Silicon Valley, but not in Edmonton. So, mm-hmm. and this is this is all part of the whole the whole hiring process. Is because we want people to want to work here, mm-hmm. want people to research us, know who we are. Like usually when I interview people, we're doing a round right now of interviews. I usually expect people to know who Mindable is, mm-hmm. and if they don't, then that's not a good sign. So I want someone who does the research. Of course, yeah, you I can't just show up blind and say. Yeah, and I, and I want someone who wants a career, and someone who wants to buy into something, mm-hmm. not someone who's just like, "Hey, I just want a paycheck." Like that's not who we want to hire. Right. So, and then we do a lot of cool stuff as a company. We do like you know fun Fridays once a month. We take half half a, a fr- uh, half a Friday off and go do something cool with the office. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we go trips to Banff. We do. Um, we have like really fun meetings and we just do a lot of like unique team building events stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's just, it's things that, that keep people around right have you ever had any uh, blowback from those type of like more social events like bleeding into the working environment I don't know no, some, no issues no some people might think that you like I'm such a relational human mm-hmm. but there are bosses out there who like never mix business yeah. and, and friends friendship like that's two separate things I'm like that's not how I want to live my life <laughs> you know I mean like Richard Branson is best he's like Someone asked him like, "What? How do you? What's your work-life balance?" And he said, "There is no balance. It's like they're the exact same thing for me." Yeah, and that's the way I think life should be. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I when I when I, it's a, like a, a break, I go and hug my staff members. Mm-hmm. Right? I tell some of my staff members I love them. Like, you got the gratitude know. box, yeah, and he'll you, post a picture, and they'll be like, "Damn." Dan's laugh, Dan's sweaters. Like you're gratitude. someone's gratitude. Fuck, that's so, when you know you've made a person. Yeah. Okay? So I just, like. I told Janelle, I was like, "Okay, if something happens to me, like, you know, I don't want you to like rush it." But Dan, you know, he's he's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> He'll look after you. He, yeah. He's your call up. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, there was there was member when if you're, you're ever looking to like, slide into yeah. like, like <laughs> suburbia heaven. If you're like, you know what, I'm done with this single life. Yeah. I just, you've just got to kill one. He's got to pack his life. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Hunter, yeah. man. It's easy to get rid of the guy. No, even no. Yeah, just pay a guy. See you later. Come on this trip, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a cool thing to watch, like as a as a friend, mm-hmm. um, and see like the you know the leadership, like that's a huge part of my life, mm-hmm. right? And to see like the approachable side of things, I think the thing that I like learned the most about you early on is like, oh, he's nice, you know, he's lovable. But then if there if there's something like if you're being an idiot or an asshole, or like he will. You'll never hesitate to be like, yo, I think you're being total fuckwad right now. Like, you won't, maybe not in that context, but like, you've never been afraid to call anybody out. Where did that come from? Was that something that like you learned from your dad, your bro, or, you know? Because most guys that are as nice as you are like, oh, yeah, you know, some guys are pushovers and you're like, no, that's not cool, or hey, you know? I don't know, man, life's short. I gotta say what's on your mind. Mm -hmm. But like, I I, I don't say that. There's certain values that I like. If if if, if someone is being rude to someone else, mm-hmm. I'll step in. That I don't I don't agree with that. There's values that you stand for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I just think that making a like if you make a per- personal connection with people you work with, mm-hmm. like you're asking them every day to go the extra mile for you. How how are you going the extra mile for them? Right. This should be reciprocated. It should be a two way street. 
So, you know, I always try to go the extra mile for the team, and they know that because of that. If they need to work a Saturday, mm-hmm. then they will. Just should yeah. have to get done, right? What is that? Uh, what was the mentality between between like switching the switching the desks around? Like, how many people are in the open area out there? The bullpen. Yeah, about twenty ish. So, what was the idea behind that, and what was like, you know, the like, what have you seen as a result? I don't know. I'm big. I'm big into switching it up. Yeah. Right. People get comfortable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one day we just said, hey, everyone, we're gonna switch everyone's where they're sit where they're sitting, and we tried to do with like the littlest amount of blowback. You're always gonna get blowback, right? But um, I don't know, switch it up, man. As well, as we're we're constantly like changing our processes, our systems, our events. It seems Keep like fresh, right? A lot of successful individuals and companies have that in common is they're not stuck in their routines, right? Yeah. Like they're not afraid to try try something a different way. Yeah, I think that's crucial. Yeah. Well, it's good that you have that that mix of of uh, personal and professional. I always, anytime I think like companies pushing their employees to like interact outside of work, yeah. I think of two things. The first thing is the first bar I ever worked at. My GM pulls me, and I'm like 22. I'm like a porter, and he goes, "Hey Shane, I just I want to talk to you. I know it's your first bar you've ever worked at, and you know you're a young, good-looking kid, and there's lots of." young good-looking girls here in kilts and you know everyone's kind of you know people are drinking it's a fun environment i'm like yeah no i totally understand you know don't don't hook up with with any of the servers he goes no 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 i want you to fuck as many of the servers as you can <laughs> he goes, excuse me he goes i fucking love it man it's team building let's go like i want to hear the stories every monday morning i want to see it man like come oh. on do me this favor i'm an old creepy man i used to live vicariously <laughs> through you guys that just that like is, blew my mind. Extreme, I was like, are you man. kidding me right now? Oh, that was amazing. at the Sherwood Park location. No, <laughs> no, this is down in Calgary, yeah, Kaylee's. Oh, that, 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 I've never said that. I don't think I ever will, but. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe implicitly implied sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one was too, like, I've worked at a company, like, office, job, no one's, no one's emotionally invested in the company, right? Like, no one's, no one's bought into it. They're just there for the paycheck. Yeah. And like, Every once in a while, they throw that like bullshit, false, like fake attempt to like try and like build the team, yeah. right? So we go to like Taste of Edmonton, right? Yeah. And having to sit like on a bus with people you work with every day and talk about things outside yeah. of work, you're like, what do I even talk to them yeah. <laughs> about? Like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Car ran real good. Yeah. Do they want to hear about like my like drinking stories from the weekend? Yeah. I'm probably not. Like they're all the families. Like there's just no synergy. Yeah. So. It's, it's cool to have that environment where people live like comparable lives and, yeah. and think and feel the same way, right? You're big on, you seem to be big on like, you know, the, the kind of like the emotional side of things like intuition and, and um, you know, just like living sort of like as honest and truthful life mm-hmm. as possible. Did that, did that, did that, have you always been that way or did that come from like hitting the absolute opposite point and bouncing uh-huh. back? I think I've had like a pretty good upbringing. So I think I've always been like a fairly legit human being but fairly 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 it's, legit it's, human being that might be the title of the episode <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a shock fairly, fairly legit, legit human being, legit human being. <laughs> um, but it's byproduct of our we, we sell too right mm-hmm. we sell personal development products so I've like I've gone to tons of personal development um, conferences mm-hmm. and I invest a lot of money in um, mentors and working with other companies and reading books and like I don't know just the older I get the more I that's the person I want to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, when you're mid twenties, you make stupid decisions that you were like, in hindsight, I wouldn't make that now. But also, those stupid decisions are what make you who you are, right? But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I truly believe that I am a person who would buy our products. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't sell personal development products and be an absolute fucking dickhead with a horrible drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's at least that's, not that's, a, one with any longevity. Right? Exactly, it's, yeah. it's just so misaligned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. We go, we yeah, we go to a lot of these conferences, and you know, we're, we're young guys, and we're very personal guys and everyone loves us mm-hmm. and then they realize that we would also have this really big ass business mm-hmm. and it's so in line with what is who we are as a human right you know we get compliment on that fairly often because you should live what you yeah I think like if you're if you're being truthful and honest like that stuff just comes out and if you're if you're constantly bouncing off positivity that will just build up momentum right like momentum such a huge theme in my life and I think in a lot of people's lives it's like just continue to do positive things spread positivity like give that compliment or give that reassurance and and it will come back eventually and even if it doesn't it'll bounce off in some other direction and affect other people right like it's good energy man yeah the world what's the world's been what do you do like uh what do you recommend or what do you encourage your staff here to do in terms of personal development like is there Um, anything you mandate is there anything you strongly suggest um and so another reason why it's important for them to build relationships Mm -hmm. with each other is like I don't want my team just to only ever feel like they're doing it for me. I want to feel like they're doing it for each other. So if like something's delayed, I don't want them to be like, oh shit, Dan's gonna be mad it's delayed. It's like, oh, I'm also letting like, you know, this person down and this person down. So they come together as a team and they get it done. Mm-hmm. So when you build those relationships, that helps a lot with personal development because they learn from one, one another, right? Um, we do we do book club. Mm-hmm. So we don't do it, we used to do it once a month. We don't do it that often anymore, uh, maybe every couple months, but it's just a company-wide book club, and everyone has to read a book. Yeah. Give them a month, give them two months, and everyone reads a book, and then we just talk about it. Do you all choose your own book, and then no, kind of just one book? Well, okay, one yeah, book. one one book that I usually read. I'm like the whole team needs to read this. Is it usually fiction or non-fiction? Yeah, it's a business-related. Okay. Like measure measure what matters is the last one that we read, mm-hmm. which is about like KPI tracking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do. It's um, a great way to align culture, right? Like great. especially if it's something that you yeah. think is important, to everyone instead of trying to like. You know, which I'm sure you do, like explain to everyone individually, or at least teach them these messages without trying to sound like a dictator. It's like, all right, here's what we should do. Let's all bring this book in and read it, and then let's discuss it. If you disagree with it, by all means, let's hear your disagreement. But then we can at least come to an agreement on what this means for us, right? And then the stories of the book explained way better than I would. So, (laughs) Um, but uh, one one thing we also do too, which which a lot of people don't even think we do it, and they usually ask like a year. It takes them a year to ask me, but we have a pretty much let everyone go to any conference they want to go to mm-hmm. as long as they can explain to me why it's going to add value to the company right so you know if they want to go to Chicago for a conference you know a thousand dollar ticket flights food hotel if they present that to me like this is why this conference is beneficial to my role in this company mm-hmm. sure so we constantly send like yeah, at least a good chunk of our staff every year goes somewhere mm-hmm. um, whether it's with me or with my business partner or whether they just go on their own mm-hmm. like we're going to San Diego next week and we're bringing eight of us Wow, eight of us are going to. A you go to Facebook and all those yeah, companies down there. Yeah, we go to Facebook, um, and then that means a lot because like, okay, the first guy trusts me, right? And the fact that they, you know, if they could bring it to me, and then they're so much more motivated to implement that because they're not going to be like, "Hey, I went to that conference and didn't get anything out of it." Like they want to show me that they got a lot out of it. And they want right. to show me the results. Right. So, um, yeah, stuff like that. I think that's really interesting because you're breaking the mold of like tr- the traditional corporate culture of like you just you're so stuck in your ways like have you had anyone approach you with an idea that's like hey I want to do this and just totally blown you away 
instead of like you, this like this you know the book club and the and the conferences that's sort of a top down like hey you yeah. can do this yeah. have you ever had someone come up with an idea and like why would it, would it be okay if I did this and just like totally like oh yeah all the time yeah yeah all and, the time and that's an attribute to the people that you hire yeah right? yeah because like I, I'm not um, the smartest person by any I'm really good with people I'm really good at motivating I'm really good visionary but like I'm not overly intelligent when it comes to a lot of things right and that's why you hire amazing people mm-hmm. right so on a daily basis they bring things to me I'm like rock it like do it what's the budget perfect how but long he's not afraid to tell you it's a bad idea well yeah, yeah, I, 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 he's my filter and he's like that's fucking stupid <laughs> what's the worst idea Derek's ever brought to you uh, I don't know man there's been a few that I'm there's been a few where you've been <laughs> terrible no, no I got it I got it I got it I was like I was this like, podcast okay. is a good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like okay no, no, yeah. so yeah. so I live out in the country I don't want to drive all the way to town you know whatever what if there was like a subscription service or like a you know something I could log in that the city looks after say West End mm-hmm. where I just like log into their security cameras or they have like cameras like it's a business scale you go on the website it's like it's 7 out of 10 busy and here's the cameras of the store and I'm like okay well I'm going to make the hour drive into the mall and go shopping based on that he's like yeah this hurts dog. my head fucking listen to that <laughs> dog shit <laughs> dog shit he's terrible yeah terrible but I guess you're like just go on Amazon yeah dude. <laughs> like, what are you fuck talking about keep the Traffic cameras and traffic. We go to the mall. What? Just go to Amazon. Yeah, I just feel like I think you're. I think that's not worth any of this conversation. <laughs> you owe me a dollar for the coffee. Yeah. Like, because I remember like when the web, the live webcam thing was a reality. I think it was Hawaii. I used to look at the beach. You could log into a beach camp. <laughs> what year was that? I don't know. New, uh, one of our friends. New at beach the, or what kind of? Yeah. Beach? No, no. Family no, beach. One of, one you looking at kids or naked people? No, no. It was. Uh, it was your, a girl. It was, it was actually a girl at my work. She's like, I'm going to Hawaii. We're gonna be on this camera. I'm like, oh, cool. There's a Flash camera in Hawaii. And then she's like, yeah, we're gonna be on this day. Whatever. We're gonna uh, just log in or just look at it and we'll be there. And then she like sent an email. It's like, we're going on in 10 minutes. So everyone in the office would like click the link and it was like a flagpole camera in Hawaii. They're like, hey, how are you? Like that was like the first- So time. rudimentary, yeah. like we're yeah. so easily entertained, right? Yeah. Like, Whoa, cool. There's a, there's a time and a place for that. My dad messaged me last year because I was at Burning Man. He's like, dad, he's like, I'm watching a live feed. And I'm yeah. like, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Good, um, what, do you, what do you think, dad? Yeah, I don't know, if you don't see me. <laughs> I remember in, in 2000 for the Sydney Olympics, you could actually log in and you could wait in the queue and you could control the camera. I was cool. in grade seven at that time. I thought that was the coolest thing. I'm like, whoa, I can that actually move cool. this freaking yeah. camera on Sydney? It was all re- pre-recorded. Just no, like, I, I could go like left, left, right, up, down. I could do whatever I wanted. Have you looked at the Mars rover one? Yeah. Was it, nah, I saw it on Facebook. And I never go on Facebook. It's like a Mars rover, and it's like you, as soon as you scroll in, it's like ooh, and you just control and you can see. You what can the control the Mars rover. Yeah, well, you can see. Yeah, you can move the camera and see what it That's sees. Cool. What did you see? Nothing. Nothing. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Like the one time I go on Facebook, I'm like, what is this space thing? But um, why don't you go on Facebook? I just not a big social media. like Instagram is like a landing page for all the guys I work with just to kind of see and keep track. Facebook is I don't know man it's just not for me. I actually deleted my old account yeah, and it super creeped me out that it was like you have six months to change your mind. I'm like holy fuck. So people are like you know get rid of everything, all your pictures, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you still have six months to change your mind. I just don't like a 
I realize the importance of it. Mm-hmm. It's just not a big thing for me. And now when I go on, I'm like on it even less, mm-hmm. but more targeted and intentional. Are you, are you one of those people who has like a little sticker over his um, camera? <laughs> no, no. I'm I work with one of those guys. No, no. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, the other day they have a photo Mark Zuckerberg worked on his laptop and there's a sticker over his camera. So okay. he clearly knows that it's being fucked up. I check Instagram to follow your feed, your trips. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> So, so you'd recommend putting a, a sticker on your camera? People want to watch me do whatever the hell I do in front of my laptop going nuts. Well, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like Someone? Wa- I'm like flattered. Like, really? You want to watch me? Flexing and stuff? Like, sure. Full circle. Here's my numbers. Yeah, totally. Shoot me a t-shirt. Hit up my DM. You could easily do that. Your travel, you just posted today, what, four months? Like this guy... You know, I've been on many trips with him. Probably the funnest guy, most chill guy. I'm, I've actually learned to be less stressed out on vacations because yeah. I'm like, I just don't relax well. Like three days and I'm ready to go home. Mm-hmm. But instead of like working on a plan, now I'm just like, okay, I'm cool with whatever the group does. Right. Because when it doesn't work out, you got 20 guys on a vacation in Phoenix. Five are going to do this. Ten are going to do this. Three are hungover. Mm-hmm. And you can't make a group plan. So just kind of going with the flow, mm-hmm. but um, the trips that you've been on lately have been unreal. You went on four months vacation well, last four year. Four months last year, yeah. That's insane. So how many countries now? Thirty-eight, but I I keep going to the same ones over again. So if you actually count how many countries, it's, it's quite high. But I think new countries is there. What was your favorite of last year? F one was my favorite to watch. I was like, I yeah. wish I was. Yeah, we went, we went to Monaco Grand Prix and watched it from um, a yacht for three days. Holy yeah. shit. It wasn't, I, I wasn't flipping the bill, my, my, my homeboy was, but... Who um, came up with, on a who came up with that, yeah. that mindfuck of a trip? Oh, dude, it was... It was, it was like, we woke up, um, and it was like, new, new, new. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, is there like a bug in there? <laughs> and I get out of my room. $200 million dollar yacht. Like, yeah, I get out of my room, and then it's just like, those cars are so god... I've never watched Formula 1 before, yeah. and they're just... Yeah, and they just go ripping by you so quick. Right, it, it's just so fun to watch, and like, and it's the, it's the wealthiest people in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like you look out on the bay, and you're like, this group, of, collective group of people, could cure world hunger mm-hmm. and any problem that we face right now. But they don't. They just right. put it in their bank account. And they sit on just billions just yeah, sitting there. Helicopters are coming in and out. We're in. Um, we had to. Uh, uh, a, a day club there, right? Nikki Beach, I think it was, which okay. is which is a really famous day club. And we're sitting in the pool, me, me and my buddy Warren, and they come out with an entire like wood boat full of Ace of Spades champagne. So yeah. some table ordered it. I'm talking like 50 bottles, maybe 30 <laughs> bottles, maybe on the boat, and another 20 bottles. A boat in the pool. Yeah, like a like a wood boat, like almost like a Noah's Ark kind of boat. And they put <laughs> it in the it. pool, and they flip it over. Yeah. Like the guy guy who bought it, like as soon as he jumps into the pool, he flips the boat over. So. So there's just bottles of Ace of Spades floating everywhere. People are grabbing them, like yeah. popping them, and then all of a sudden, like I avert my attention over to me, and there was like a, a ten year old sitting in the pool, like <laughs> like like just partying in the pool. And then somebody throws a car tire because it's Formula One, so there's like car tires like as like decorations around. Okay, the pool. Yeah. someone throws a car tire and hits this kid in oh, the face shit. with the car tire, and he goes under, and then he pops back out and he's bawling. And I look at Warren, my my buddy, and I'm like. That was the most like intense like two minute span of like life I've ever seen, and I'm like I don't know if I'm more weirded out that there's a ten year old in the pool with this party or that he just got hit in the head with a tire. Like, <laughs> it was the weirdest fucking thing, man. Who throws a tire? Who throws a tire? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think they just tossed it. It hit the ten year old, but oh my god, it was just everything was just next level. What was the highlight of that trip? Like, what was if you could like relive one moment? Was it a feeling hour? or a moment? 
I think so. It was cool. Our our, our boat was docked, um, and it was a second from the actual raceway, like a second boat in. Mm-hmm. And just the the collective of people who had the because there's probably like thirty boats there, mm-hmm. and you at nighttime you just walk off your boat and you'd walk onto the next one and you'd like meet people and they'd have a DJ and they'd be pouring <laughs> drinks and you get off and you go to the next boat so yeah. literally it was yacht hopping yeah at nighttime and it was so fun because it's just like everyone there is a very interesting human right. Mm-hmm. They've so, all got a story, all right? right? And you're not going to have a real shitty guy like wearing no. a beater and be like, hey, cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shit, shit based off my <laughs> <laughs> No white trash in yeah. that yeah, party, no, right? No, you're um, not, uh, although you're, I bet you there's probably some like trust fund kids. Oh, you're oh like, yeah. Dickheads oh, yeah. Just, like, but they're well-dressed at least. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's the important thing. Right? Yeah, it's like, you're oh, I've got my Gucci loafers wet in salt water from getting thrown off the boat. Like, big deal. My Patek Philippe. Yeah. Can't throw me in the pool. I think actually the coolest place I went to that was that was a, probably the coolest experience, but the coolest place I went to was Egypt and Southern mm-hmm. Pyramids. Yeah, I saw some of those. Yeah, picks. dude, that was the next level, man. That's like to to see something that's so highly publicized must have just been so yeah. surreal. And it like aliens built that shit. What? Down, dude. For sure. For oh, sure. Man. Here we go. All right. Let's <laughs> yeah, hear the podcast. Theory. Let's hear the theory. <laughs> aliens built the pyramids. Nah, it's just. You, it's five thousand years old, and once you see them, it's just mm-hmm. it literally actually takes your breath away. And yeah. how the how the scale of it, and you got to go inside into like the actual king's chamber, and it's just yeah. I don't know. There, I don't know if it's aliens, but I think there was something more to it. Like I'm very spiritual, and I believe in mm-hmm. a lot of higher powers and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So um, I have my theories on it, but it's just it's just so cool to see. So when you're there, because there's like the three main big ones, right? Yes. There's three like yeah. the pictures that usually yeah, see there's, there's three, three right and there's a few small ones around it yes yeah. so when you're like because they look kind of like like it's just a massive backdrop of desert so they yeah. don't look massive in these pictures when you're there do they it's are so they big. way bigger like like you could be on like Cairo as a city if yeah. it's clear you could actually see the pyramids from one end of Cairo and they're on the other end of Cairo like really? that's like, like across the entire city if they're yeah. that much taller than anything else how many stories higher are they oh, I can't but a lot I can't remember yeah it, it absolutely I can tell you until you see it I always thought the pyramids would be cool yeah. but they were like it, it was hands down the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life how'd you feel in Egypt like where did it feel pretty safe like, not overly no no, no. they um, like every every hotel you went to they would stop you and like a bomb dog would search your vehicle and like look underneath your car with a tire and pop the back I feel really safe yeah exactly <laughs> every right? hotel um, but nice people amazing mm-hmm. people like honestly like we no one drinks there, which is which is interesting. But like, we would we would go into town and we go to like local um, a local restaurant, and mm-hmm. everyone there is so happy, and everyone's dancing, and like old people dancing with little kids, and yeah. they're smiling, and then there's a lot of live music everywhere, and everyone's just huffing on shishas, and yeah. it's like it's just like a good vibe. Like they're yeah. happy people. Um, and I talked to a lot of locals, and they just said like we just want tourism to come back here, right? Which um, which doesn't because of all the shit that they've been going yeah. gone through, but um, yeah, well, the revolutions. Yeah. What, like four or five years ago? Yeah. Like not that long ago. So, yeah. but it was it was it was a lot dirtier and a lot um, more poor, I guess. Than I thought more third world, or developing world, I should yeah. say. Than I thought it would be worse than in Haiti, though. Like that feeling you had when you were in Haiti. Nah, Haiti, I talked was, to, Haiti was next. I talked to you and Nolan both after that trip. Yeah, that was and it, like that both that changed you both. Yeah, like, legit changed you both. Yeah, that was at the time that was, Haiti was the poorest place on earth. Haiti there. was bad. Haiti. Haiti's been bad for a long yeah, time, bad. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you go there for? Um, even though I'm not like religious, we went there. It was like a, a friend of ours who who's a mentor of mine. He's like, hey, he's like, my church is going there mm-hmm. um, to you know give back and help out and stuff like that. Do you want to come? And I'm like, absolutely, mm-hmm. really cool experience. But 
yeah, it's just heavy, man. They get a lot of people are, are there to like they like worship like um, dark, dark bands, right? Like dark yeah, or like voodoo, voodoo, voodoo shit. Yeah. Voodoo. Um, the the natural disasters have killed so many people. Like I like I talked to a kid. He was like, my parents just didn't come home one day, and I'm like, where do you live? And he's like, um, well, I, I live with my friends brother sometimes but he beats me a lot so a lot of the time I just I just I just sleep wherever I can like just like stories like that Um, how old is this kid he was young he was like maybe like 10 the IMOX you can fit in your suitcase yeah oh man my heart broke multiple times there my highlight there was it was raining and I I got out of like that we were in a compound and I went out and I was and I was with um, my my mentor's son so it's just another like 12 year old kid yeah and we walked into kind of this little village and they had a little soccer thing and there's kids playing and we're like, can we play? And, um, so we started kicking the ball with them and stuff and then more kids started showing up. Mm-hmm. So we all started kicking the ball and then we ended up getting into two teams and we started playing and it started raining. So there's like, it was mud and these all these kids wanted to tackle the white boys so they're jumping <laughs> on me and like pushing me through the mud. And like, yeah. oh, it was such, it was so fun, man. I'll never forget that. That was a cool Yeah, experience. it seems impactful. It's, it's so interesting going to a place where you're the minority, where you're there's so much history there and and you know you just compared to where we're from in Canada it's just like yeah we're so so yeah why people look with, look at us with disdain sometimes you know yeah. it's just like you guys have no idea what struggling or suffering is and I, and I think to me that also brings a lot back to business because I come home from a place like Egypt and I'm just like so grateful for mm-hmm. what we have built and it makes me want to do better with mm-hmm. our products and for our customers and makes me want to do better to the staff members we have and like it just it makes you realize how fortunate you are so you know, this could all go away for me. This mm-hmm. business can go away for anyone, but it makes me want to keep it that much more because I just know how privileged yeah. and how much impact I could have and I will have one day. So yeah, I think uh, I think the impact you have, like you know, around here, and as you get more renowned, uh, you know, is is always growing, and people could see it through your travel, right? You see all these cool places you you get to go, or you know, the uh, absolute missile launchers that you bring on vacation once in a while. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know those trips are you know it's it's cool to see like a guy doing well in business but then you're also having those vacations because a lot of time you take a trip and the whole time you're worried you're like well I'm not making money today and I'm also spending money when you go on vacation you can really embrace where you're at whether Mm -hmm. it's business or pleasure because it's giving you perspective and then you're also learning whether it's a conference you always tie trips in and then like optically from the outside you're like wow that guy is well traveled, mm-hmm. and then you see a successful business. You see, a, you know, a guy maxing out like a lot of different areas yep. in his life. What are you working on most now, like personally or interpersonally? Um, it's a long question. Yeah, <laughs> besides getting over me, I know our breakup was rough. I don't know. I think life's meant to be lived, but um, to me, I think I think you control your mind, you control your world. Right, so like whatever happens on the inside perceives what happens on the outside. Mm-hmm. So um, if you are a negative person and you don't have great relationships and you see um, the world as something that is constantly a struggle, then that's the life you're gonna live. Mm-hmm. But if you decide that, hey, I'm gonna make the best out of every situation, I'm a happy person, I'm gonna wake up with a big smile on my face, then you are gonna receive more in your life because of that mindset. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is like an ongoing life. This is, this is the biggest mission of life is, is to control your mind, mm-hmm. control your thoughts. Um, so to me, I'm, and I'm, about, I'm very ADD, so the more I can like quiet myself and the more I can like live in the moment, the happier I am. 
But if I'm like bombarded and anxious, I'm not an overly happy person. So right now, and I have been more, but I think I'm gonna. This is really the year I want to do is just figure out how to really calm myself as much as I can and just live in a state of happiness on more often than not. Mm-hmm. We just default to like to fear of the unknown, right? Like it's you know we're biologically programmed as 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 Homo sapiens to to be fear averse, right? We're always analyzing things in the sense of like mitigating the risk. And now that we live in a safe world, like we don't have to worry about starving or getting killed by natural disasters totally. or, or your neighbor, like we need to like try and be mindful of that so that it's we see the world from a place of positivity. So it's like not what can what can I hide from, but what can I achieve or what can I do or what can I give, right? So is there any particular tactics that you use to kind of keep that mindfulness and not just default into like well, I mean, like you probably just built it up with momentum. Like you just have so many good things going on that you're creating that it just keeps going like that. But yeah. a lot of people don't think like that. I'm sure you've encountered them. I've encountered yeah. a ton in my life. It's just, it, and it's frustrating because you you want to like try and impart them with some wisdom, but at the same time you want to distance yourself from that person because you're like, I I know that's going to negatively affect me. Yeah, I I think um, I think your thoughts become your reality. Mm-hmm. So if you tell yourself something long enough and enough time it's going to become your reality even if you don't believe it initially mm-hmm. like I, I, I think that if you are a negative person if you just start saying hey you know I'm a happy person I'm a happy person I'm mm-hmm. a happy person and as soon as something negatively comes you flip that around like actually this isn't a big deal I'm a happy mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. eventually if you tell yourself something like that enough times it's gonna you're gonna start changing you're gonna start seeing things so to me like any like th- any feelings that, that I don't think I should be having or thoughts that I don't think I should be having I, I usually just flip them around right. and I just try to think positively more often than not even if I don't feel it even if I have a shitty day and I just feel like a piece of shit and not in a good headspace I try to shift that mm-hmm. because you could either you know stoke that fire and go down that path or you try to flip it and get <laughs> out of it and the more times you flip and get out of it the less you start having them the quicker you can flip and get out of it self-awareness self-awareness at its its best exactly you're able to turn it in and you almost like you kind of manifest like you know as as you know our friendship and relationship grows like you know I could see that he's learning how you know because when you meet new people and they're different or you're risk averse or you're raised different or whatever I I think you know each person has their own tools and self-awareness is that one or if you're like completely cognizant of the fact that you can self-manifest your own thing, like bigger than you ever thought possible, yeah. it's true. And I'll give you the example of the car. Okay, so Dan got his Dan got a car that he really really wanted, and he worked his ass for ass off for. And you know, there's people that treat you differently, whether it's jealousy, resentment, whatever. There's people that are proud of you, and then you know, you kind of like perceive it when you achieve that goal that you've openly discussed. Mm-hmm. And so we got the car and I was driving it. He let me drive it. Like, let me take it to work. Like, you know, it just an absolute yeah, beauty. So I'm driving, I'm driving a car where I'm like, okay, hey, I'm fucking Tony Stark today. You know what I mean? Like you're in the mood. And I was like, what's that like for you? Because I've always wanted a Bentley. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'll tell you one thing. Like when you're, when you're, when you're going after it and you're chasing it and you envision it. And then when you get it, it's, it's much different. And I always envisioned it. Like I pictured the first song I would listen to when I got my car, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I let a kid drive it for grad last year. He's like, did you imagine yourself having this car? I was like, 1,000%, like I envisioned it. And I was like, but having it now, you're like, is this an anchor or is this like a flotation device? Mm -hmm. Which one is it? But the chase for it, I would literally pick up my car, driving back, listening to 
uh, listen to music. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is the car I wanted. And my first thought, I got like maybe 20 minutes into my drive outside of Calgary, and I thought of him being like, the chase was better, wasn't it? Right. And I was like, a hundred percent, it was. I'm like, fuck, now I gotta own up to this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of. But that pressure was good. It was beneficial. Mm-hmm. Hindsight, I was like, I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was buying it, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do it. He's like. Why not just wait and like bank that cash for another two years? Someone was like, "No, no, I need it." And then I had it for like a year. You told them that, yeah. yeah. And, and like a year and a half later, I was like, "I don't know if it's really worth it." But how you know? did it feel when you played Spice Girls that song that you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was actually it was that it was either that or a S Club. Yeah, S Club. Yeah, right. So I was like, "Fuck yeah!" But no, the chase of it and talking about that was like a real and it was a tangible moment where I like reflected on a conversation. So. You know, having somebody and having important people in your life as your circle of influence are, you know, you guys taught me that at, a, at a, like, well, not a young age, but in my mid 20s, like you're the average of your five closest friends and, you know, your network is so big now. How important is that circle for you now in your success and how often do you like consult with them? Um, dude, my, I'm, well, as you know, like our crew of friends are a lot of more entrepreneurs, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Got everywhere I've been in the world, and I talk to people in their group of friends, and people like I've never met a group of friends who are like so many of you guys are your own entrepreneurs because we push each other, mm-hmm. we help each other out, yeah, each other sure. pats on the back, right? We talk to each other when it gets hard. Um, I couldn't do that without them. That's hundred percent. But I think the older I get, the more I am quick to not give the time to people I don't know who I don't need to give time to. Yeah, right. You cherish your time a little bit more, so um, you don't waste it. But yeah, I, I think I think a good group of people to. Be there when you're struggling. Be there to um, congratulate you when you do good. Mm-hmm. Right, the most important thing you could ask for. Yeah, and just be there to give advice when you don't know what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Because like when when you when shit's gonna get really fucking hard when you're an entrepreneur. Like there's no question. And if you have no one to be like, dude, it's gonna be okay. Like you got this, man. Like you fucking got this far. You're gonna figure this out. If you don't have that, then it's it's a fucking lonely place. Yeah. Right. No one's a self-made person. Right, no, like every, everyone's got that. I think all the, all the most successful people say that. Yeah. I may look it, but there's so many people behind the except scenes. For, except for Drake, though, he, he did it on his own. Drake, yeah, 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 the rapper. <laughs> well, thanks for qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Drake, the rapper. Love yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Drake, and that's the one song we listen to when we're all together. We yeah. started from the bottom. Yeah. I, was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a couple more questions yeah. for Dan here. Um, if you lost like today. Or tomorrow. Yep. Give you one more day. But if you Sick. lost everything that you had, all your all your assets, every doll you had to your name, um, everything was taken away from you. But you still had your family, you still had your friends, your connections. Obviously, you've got a super strong group of friends um, and business partners. What would be your first play after? Hmm. Good question, man. You, 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 could, you could not not be a little depressed. Mm-hmm. Right, like you would be sad, mm-hmm. and it's just whether how long you decide to sulk over it, or how how long until you pull your pants up and try to build it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely leverage my friends big time, and I would just figure out what industry do I want to get in. Yeah. Um, do I want to get in the same industry? Do I want to um, find something new? So I'd probably just double down hard on just research and figuring out like what do I want to accomplish. Like to me, business is has so much of the same principles and I think if you have like a million dollar business you have a million dollar problems mm-hmm. and if you have 10 million dollar business you have a 10 million dollar problems if you have a 20 million dollar business you have 20 million dollar problems and if whether I have my company or there's someone over there who has like a manufacturing company that ships stuff if you're sitting at the same revenue level, level you're still having a lot of the same issues like mm-hmm. staffing and 
scaling and you know systems and there's just so many things that um, you learn and like once that's kind of like already implanted in your mind like it, you're gonna be that much quicker doing it again so yeah it would suck don't get me wrong I'd be yeah. super bummed out but I'd, I'd do it again <laughs> I don't think it'd take too long to would part of you relish that opportunity be like all right I did it once here I'm gonna show everyone and stick it in their faces and do it again I, I don't think anyone would doubt that I could do it again yeah um, well, fair enough yeah, I'm thinking fucking self-confidence on yeah I love it that I was think a great answer I think if you got to nine and then you started at one you are like again you're already at like seven because you get to skip all the you know you you pull all the you extract mm -hmm. all the lessons mm -hmm. and all the failures from it and you start at such a higher plateau with more relationships mm -hmm. yeah. more leverage mm -hmm. uh, more access mm -hmm. and then and then you're there and then you're back up like that's the, the whole point of this question is a lot of people are, are afraid and they're afraid to take an action because they're afraid of what they're gonna lose but they don't realize that shit even if I lost everything I still got a ton. There's things that can never be taken away yeah. from me. And is the fear of loss worth not taking that risk, right? No. It's, you have a like portfolio and it's a risk portfolio. Like there's, I'm not risking like everything every day. I'm, there's a part of, you know, I'll take a $300,000 risk on an app because mm -hmm. I know that's just a portion of what we're going to make. So, of course. Um, but yeah, and I and the thing is like I'm I'm a relational person. I've made good friends and I've been there for those friends. So if I go knocking, hey, I need a hundred grand. Yeah, I don't think too many will hesitate. Perfect. You got my number. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. So last one for me. Um, if you give one piece of advice to someone young, educated, not currently wrapped up in any business, uh, but they're motivated and they just don't know where to put their attention, they don't know what what the next kind of big plays in the world are going to be. Are there, what would you recommend they do? Are there any organizations you'd recommend or groups to go check out? What would your advice to that person yeah. be? Good question, man. I would, um, I would just read, read, read the biographies, autobiographies, mm -hmm. you know, pick up Steve Jobs, pick up Richard Branson's. Um, I think the more you wrap your head around the, the minds of like the greatest people, I think that really helps a lot. And then just start looking for an industry that you want to be in mm -hmm. right like the worst thing you could do is like a lot of people and I've talked to people who've gotten to businesses because they know it's going to be successful but they had no didn't want to be in it no interest in it right no care in it and eventually they're like this sucks I hate this so it's like if you're gonna put the work in put the work into something that you could actually see yourself enjoying yeah um, yeah I think that's kind of it you mean um, and then for to me like the biggest thing is persistence when it comes to being successful right it's just persistence like if you stick to something long enough, you're going to crack the code. Yeah. Maybe maybe it takes you two times or maybe it takes you ten times. Mm -hmm. but if you're persistent, you're going to crack the code. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the most underappreciated and overlooked elements to success. 100%. Persistence, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to fuck up. Everyone's going to fail. Yeah. And you just got to have that tenacity and that, you know, that fortitude. Yeah. Truculence. Yeah, he's good yeah. with the words. Try, I like that. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds Austin good. Austin Tate. <laughs> yeah, I just learned from good people. Yeah. Anyway, do you got anything else? Well, I think for for me, you know, touching on because there is ups and ups and downs, and when you're when you're low, it feels like you're never going to get back up, and when you're high, it's like hard to really think that you know it's going to get any better than that. When you're at your peak of your previous peak if you will mm -hmm. right when you're you know your first touch of success what is one whether it's financial or whatever what would you tell yourself or what would you tell a 20 something early 20 something who's just hitting it like access to money social media you can you know there's lots of ways to create revenue now especially as an entrepreneur not yeah. go to college whatever 
what advice would you give to that person who's at that like, all right, I'm making it, should I start, where should I spend my money? Should I buy the car so I can leverage that on social media and look successful? Or, you know, would you spend 10,000 in personal development? Or, you know, what would you tell yourself yeah. at that before you, you know, piss it away essentially? <laughs> um, We've all been there. Yeah, so I don't know if this is really the answer that you're looking for, but what I would say is pay attention to your personal health and your mental health. Because it's a freaking roller coaster. And if you get super jacked up when you're and like so fired up and you think you're God's gift to earth when you're on your highs and then you're super sad and depressed on your lows, like that's not good for your mental state and you will burn out. Burnout's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And you can't be a good entrepreneur if you're burnt out. You can't be a good leader when you're on, you can't, um, when you're burnt out. You can't, you're not creative when you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. So like I try to like balance it. Like you mean like I, I try to, stay at somewhat of like a steady pace whether you know i'm just crushing it and sales are the highest they've ever been or sales are the lowest i try to keep like my personal state as close to the same path as i can because that is going to allow me to be the best version of myself all the time because I, I when i first started when i was young like i would i would get so, i would get so fired up man like i was like shaking like i would literally shake and then i'd crash yeah. and i'd get really sick and then I'd have this high and the same thing and I'd go blow money and go to Vegas and do all stupid shit and then I'd crash and be sick and it was just like ups and downs and ups and downs and it just made it so hard first now I'm just like man if I crush it I'm happy if I'm not crushing it I'm still pretty damn happy right is that from a place of like gratitude like once you figure out like that is like a fully refined you know piece of you you're yeah. like not too high not too low because you're just grateful for who you are and yeah. whatever it comes at you you're like I'm good like yeah. I'll always be good I think so yeah it's, it's definitely a lot of years in the making yeah, but those mistakes that yeah. you made or we made together or, you know, any uh, us as a group, you all kind of, like, hold each other accountable for that. Like, hey, man, you tried this before and it was yeah. not. Big time. I think yeah. that comes with age and experience, does, yeah. too, right? Like, kind of the older you get, like, shit doesn't really matter as much anymore, no, right? And it's just, like, survive. that learned, like, indifference to, like, shit will be fine either way, really. Like, yeah. but, uh, you know few people get to experience those high highs so yeah it's good for them to hear does that answer the question i don't know if that was yeah no 100 yeah. man that's probably better than what you know yeah, yeah. like it, i'm thinking going from the audience side like oh okay maybe don't buy that bentley or you know what I mean? like don't, <laughs> don't don't buy that shit yeah. but it's that that is true and it's the same thing i promote with my guys is like i'm not a big raw raw guy motivation you know to me is kind of bullshit but at the same time it's also just a byproduct of you know desiring something and, and wanting to achieve it but at the same time, if you're not really aware of who you are and you get too up and then, you know, like I said, it's never as good as you think it's going to be or you don't get that goal or whatever it is, then you go down and then yeah. it's up and down. If you can maintain, it's like, all right, well, as long as I stick to the fundamentals and my job and my vision and my mission and my values are clear, I don't really have to worry about all that shit. Right. Cool, man. And the thing is, is it's, it's not always going to last. So keep that in your back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, if you make, you know, make a hundred grand, don't go spend eighty of it. Mm -hmm. Go spend twenty of it. Put eighty of it away, because it's not going to last. It's, and, and and I meet entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, who think that like I'm on enough. I was this young entrepreneur. I'm on enough, and I'm always going to be on enough. But you won't. You'll have it down. And if you're smart and you put eighty percent of it away, ninety percent of it away, then that down isn't that fucking scary. Yeah. You're sitting on a couple hundred k fucking cash, and you're like, whatever. I'm good for a while. I can still pay staff. I'm live the fine. I'll eat fine. But if you go spend 80, 90% and you have it down, you're like, 
I feel stupid because yeah. I had a lot of money and now I have absolutely nothing and I'm living in my parents' basement again. I need to cash advance your staff checks. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you just yeah. sit on it, man. Lots like, of guys I, do it. I was, I'm like, guilty of it too, right? Yeah. But that yeah, comes back to the self, like, self-awareness of like knowing what is really going to make you happy. Like, yeah, you might spend 80 grand and have a wicked time, but that's not going to make you happy no, in the long short, run. Right? Short, like, so. We've been at fucking ten thousand dollar bottle service tables together, and the whole time I'm like, "This drink is like a hundred dollars." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're just not really enjoying it because it yeah. makes no sense. But it's, I it makes mean, sense I, when you don't pay for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I always um, I always get more gratitude. Uh, not gratitude. I always get more pleasure looking at my bank account than I ever have looking at my house or my garage or my watch collection. So you use that as a measure of success? No, I just, just, I just feel safer. Cash not it. flash, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cash not flash. It's great but you do have an opportunity to have, you know. And I do. I, yeah. have, I have a nice car, but I paid that cash because yeah. I, my, I was, you know, I, I would, I've been told or I've, one thing I was told was uh, besides a house, don't pay for a want in anything but cash. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need a fancy car I wanted a fancy car right. so I waited until it was comfortable for me to pay cash for that fancy car see and I, I think I learned that from you too because like on the drive up I was like alright cool yeah yeah but it never really felt as good because it wasn't fully paid for right. yeah. you know what I mean I was like, like am that. I a fake ball you know what I mean like you're kind of like am I not this isn't really what it is because it's not you know I don't mm-hmm. have that like I'm still worrying about how much I gotta mm-hmm. pay for it or you know, you're not worried about like fuel or whatever, but you're like, yeah, you're not free and clear. Yeah, you're, you're not, not out of there. You're not in the woods yet, kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but then when you drive his car, and I'm like, oh, it's not mine, so I don't care. Paid for. Paid for, not by me. <laughs> feel like a sugar mama. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Well, fellas, um, Dan, thanks for the time, man. Of course. Thank you. Awesome. Good. You're a wicked dude. And Appreciate Derek, it. well done on the, uh, on the pick for episode one. I I agree. Yeah, it was a great decision by me. <laughs> Did you get, you get all of your man. back on that pad, or just part of it? No, well, I got a I got a pinch point from doing it so often. Yeah. So I got I got to go to the chiropractor. Awesome, cool. Well, um, for the listeners, where can they follow along your adventures? Um, honestly, probably um, Instagram, uh, either Mindable Inc. or Daniel Matishak. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll link both those in the uh, right, cool. in the episode notes Appreciate so you that. can check out your camel adventures and okay. whatever. What's next? What's the next spot? Um. No, nothing too crazy yet. We're going to go Mon- uh, Grand Prix again this year. Yeah. But I'm kind of a, I'm not a big pre-planner. I'm more of like a how do I feel? Right. Right. So if I you know if I'm stressed, maybe I'll go to Iceland, go camping for a week, Sick. or if I'm cool solo. Uh, want to go party I'll go to Ibiza like it's just kind of whatever you feel at the time is where you go yeah I love it (laughs) awesome all right man thanks again thanks man hey everyone thank you so much for listening uh thanks to my pal Derek for co-hosting thanks to Dan for having us out at his office in Sherwood Park for this episode we've got one last message from our sponsors before you go but that's it for me so see you next time Alberta loves its forests and it shows. In the last 20 years alone, Alberta's forest industry planted and nurtured 2 billion trees. Strategic harvesting is helping slow the spread of the mountain pine beetle. Take that, you scourge of infestation. Oh, and Alberta's forest industry creates enough green energy to power four cities the size of Grand Prairie. If that doesn't power your heart in the process, chances are you need to learn more about your relationship with Alberta's forests. Go to loveabforests.com.